Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to the Grief to Growth podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he's here to help you grow where you've been planted. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. His sincere hope is that this episode helps you today. And now, a brief word from our sponsor. When I decided I was going to do a podcast, I knew there were more moving parts than most people expect. How do you record a podcast? Where do you host it? How much will it cost? Do I need special software? How do I distribute it? All these questions were in my mind. I was all set to go with another podcast hosting company. Then I heard about Anchor. I believe that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place. You can use it right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor is not only free, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor's creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M as in FM radio. And now back to our episode. In today's episode, I sit down with my good friend, Irene Vuvalides. Irene and I met a couple of years ago at a conference put on by Suzanne Giesman and Mark Pittstick. And ever since that time, our paths have been intertwined. Irene is the vice president for Helping Parents Heal. She is the conference chairman for the Helping Parents Heal Conference, and she, of course, is a Shining Light parent. Her daughter, Carly, passed of esophageal cancer, and what I want you to get from today's episode is you're going to hear about what an amazing and strong and resilient person Irene is, but I want you to be inspired by Irene because I think we all have that inner strength. We just need to learn how to tap into it. So with that, here's my friend, Irene Vuvalides. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Grief to Growth. This is your host, Brian Smith. And today, I'm fortunate enough to have with me Irene Vuvalides. And Irene is a Shining Light parent. She is the vice president of Helping Parents Heal. She is the conference chairperson for Helping Parents Heal. And she's also the chapter leader for Hilton Head in Bluffton, South Carolina. So Irene and I have known each other for a couple of years. Uh, as I said, she's a Shining Light parent, a member of Helping Parents Heal. So what I want to do today is have a conversation with Irene about how she become 
became involved in helping parents heal, how it's helped her, and just kind of her life in general since the passing of her daughter, Carly. So with that, I'd like to welcome Irene and say hello. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. What an honor to be on your show. This is wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's really great having you. I've known you for, I guess, a couple of years now. We've crossed paths in several different places through several different people. It's kind of a lot of us Helping Parents Heal members have. Lots of synchronicities going on. So what I'd like to start off is just tell us your story about how you got started with Helping Parents Heal and, and tell us about Carly. Sure. Um, my only child, my daughter, Carly Elizabeth Hughes, uh, transitioned on February 17th, uh, 2013. Carly was diagnosed with a horrific, I mean, not that there was any cancer that you would want to be diagnosed with, but with esophageal gastric cancer, which is unheard of in a 23-year-old. And um, since becoming involved with Helping Parents Heal, I've met three other parents whose 24-year-old children have all passed from the same illness, which is really crazy. Um, She was a Boston College graduate, math major, education major, brilliant, beautiful, full of energy, full of life. And you know, Brian, from the moment she was born, and I just always had the feeling that she wasn't going to be mine for a a long period of time. Hmm. And at the time, her father said, oh, you know, that's ridiculous. Uh, It's first time mother, only child. And that gnawing feeling just was with me forever. And when she went off to college, we would talk multiple times a day. We were very, very close. And I remember at her college graduation, um, Tony and I, Tony is my husband, Carly's stepdad. Um, I turned to Carly, uh, to Tony at graduation and I said, all those years I worried about her. And look, she graduated college. She's fine. She's going to live a long life. Yeah. Well, P.S., 11 months later, she was diagnosed with cancer and she was gone in six months. So it was just... Horrible. Absolutely yeah. horrible. I mean, the treatment she went through was horrific. What she had to endure, um, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And um, one morning, um, it was about six weeks post-surgery. She had major, major surgery where she had her stomach removed. Um, and she was home. I slept with her every night. It was the first night that I didn't sleep with her. Um, she woke up that morning, called me, and she passed, um, in my arms, in Tony's arms. Um, she bled out. Um, I like anyone else who has gone through this just was in shock. And even though I knew it wasn't a good diagnosis, I never believed that a 24 year old couldn't make it. So it never entered my mind that she wouldn't come through this. I thought, what a great inspirational story. This will be someday. Yeah. Uh, instead it turned out to be, you know, the tragedy of my lifetime. And I just wanted to die. I don't know how else I can explain it. Um, Unlike Elizabeth, our leader, Elizabeth Boisson, God bless her heart, when her son Morgan passed, she seemed to have the presence to be okay with it and to to know he was okay. And that wasn't my journey at all. I wanted to die. I just wanted to die. And I woke up every morning just counting the hours till I could go to sleep. And just was in this state of, what do I do? How can I possibly live? And my mantra became, um, Tony can't be twice widowed. Tony's first wife passed from um, pancreatic cancer. So that's literally what kept me on this earth. And I didn't know, I did not know what to do. So I just decided that 
all that love and that wonderful relationship I had, it couldn't have disappeared. It had to go somewhere. She had to be somewhere. So I just started searching the internet and researching about the afterlife, like so many parents do. So did you have any belief in the afterlife before this? I did. I did. I mean, I read Raymond Moody's books when they first came out in the 70s, even though I was a teenager. Um, I consider myself a lapsed Catholic. Um, As soon as my older sister, Judy, uh, got her driver's license, it's the last time we ever went to Mass. And um, I just knew that Catholicism just wasn't right for me. Mm -hmm. And I started exploring. And um, actually, my brother became a Buddhist monk. He was a monk. He moved to Montreal. He got involved with Eastern religion. So I had a lot of exposure to other religion religions, but it, until it hits you that, okay, now I really need to know what's happening. And um, I just started exploring and found one of the first books I read was Dr. Evan Alexander's proof of heaven, which I couldn't really concentrate to read, but I did manage to read and thought, okay, you know, maybe, maybe she is, she is there. I'll find her. And I started Googling um, about mediums and came across um, Gary Schwartz uh, documentary, the HBO documentary, the afterlife experiments where he interviewed George Anderson. He did an experiment actually with George Anderson, Suzanne Northrup, Anne Gaiman and uh, John Edward. And he did a blind reading. It's, um, it's just fascinating. You can watch it, Google it and watch it. And um, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, these people are connecting with the other side. At the time I lived in New Jersey um, and George Anderson was in New York and about um, six months after Carly passed, I had scheduled a reading. My sister and I went and it just changed my life. It changed everything. I mean, within a few minutes, and I did all the things they say that you do. You don't give your name and you, you know, pay for it under something else. And it was under my sister. And there was just no way he could have known okay. the things that he knew. And within five minutes, he looked at me and, um, well, first I had set the intention, which I had read about that. I just wanted to know that Carly was okay. And she wasn't frightened when she passed because it was so sudden and unexpected. And within five minutes, he looked at me and he said, you have a daughter on the other side and she wants you to stop obsessing about her passing. It was as easy as walking through a door. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And it changed everything. Yeah. It just, just changed everything as yeah. I, I'm as sure. We worry about that, right? We worry. Were, were they scared? Oh were they? In pain? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was interesting because he said, she's communicating that she was confused because she saw her dog and, yeah. and her grandmother, my mom, And she apparently didn't understand because she knew they were dead. And my mother relayed, no, honey, you're not dead. Just come with grandma. You're just on the other side. Yeah. And that was the beginning. And that turned into, you know, I was one of the people and a lot of parents do suffer from insomnia, which thank goodness it's not really part of my life anymore occasionally. And I would be up all night researching and just reading as much as I could. And I found Mark Ireland's book, um, Soul Shift, which uh, anyone that has read the book, it's just a fascinating account. Mark is the co-founder of Helping Parents Heal. His son, Brandon, passed. And his dad was a very famous medium. Um, 
So I read that book, found out about Helping Parents Heal, and I thought, you know, this is the kind of group I want to get involved with. I went to um, the other grief support group for parents and left feeling worse than ever. And I said, I will never go to a grief support group again. That was horrible. I mean, there were people there that were 10 years out and they were crying. And I thought, oh God, please don't let me be in this state in 10 years. That's not how I I hope to live my life. I contacted Elizabeth. Um, In the meantime, Tony and I left New Jersey. We moved to South Carolina. I needed to get away from everything that I associated with her illness and her passing. And um, we just wanted to, Tony was going to retire. I didn't want to work anymore and we couldn't afford to stay in New Jersey. I would have to continue to work. But if we moved to South Carolina, I could no longer have to work, which was yeah. just a wonderful blessing. And I reached out to Elizabeth and for about six months, talked to her and said, maybe I could start a group. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Well, maybe. And she was encouraging and just said, of course you can do it. You know, <laughs> and here I was in a, in a city, a town where I knew no one. We had friends um, that we moved with our neighbors and good friends. But other than that, I didn't know anyone. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I contacted a local paper and at my first meeting, I had, um, I think, 15 people come. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've done an amazing job there and uh, in, in, in growing your group. And, and Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know, when there's a need, I, mean, I think uh, people come. And now we're, I guess it'll be four years in um, September that I had my first meeting. And some of my members, they're my best friends. They're my family. You know, we celebrate holidays together. And um, it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah. So after you read Mark's book, you found out about helping parents, you, you mm-hmm. called up Elizabeth and just started talking with her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I emailed Elizabeth, I mean, and just said, you know, I found out about this group. It sounds wonderful. Where is there a chapter near me, which there wasn't in New Jersey um, at the time? I think there was one in Manhattan and it wasn't, I don't know if it was an active chapter and I knew I was going to be moving. Um, and I just became friends with Elizabeth and mm-hmm. would talk to her. Um, and also early on, I want to mention that, um, Beth D'Angelo, who is now, you know, one of my best friends, one of my soul sisters reached out pretty early on about two months after Carly passed. One of my good friends went on a vacation in Hawaii and Beth, um, was leading a spin class at the four seasons where she, um, is a fitness director. And she mentioned that her son had passed and my girlfriend went up to her and said, I have a friend whose daughter passed last month. I don't think she's going to make it. Is there anything you can tell me that I could help her? And Beth wrote me a letter and sent me home um, an angel bracelet and a letter. And I reached out to her and she became my lifeline. And I, that was the first time where I thought, well, if she can do it, maybe I can do it. Yeah. That's how I feel to this day. It's the connection with other people who have experienced it. That has just made all the difference on the journey. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's similar with me. In those early days, I was thinking, okay, there's no way that I can do this. And then I, I same experience. I went to one of the other local grief, grief groups and was like, okay, I, I can't be doing this in 10 years. This is just, this is terrible. But joining Helping Parents Heal and finding other parents who were farther out and seemed to be doing okay uh, gave me the ability to think, well, maybe I can do it too. Um, and then you jumped right in and started your, your own local chapter. And uh, so that's, that's gone. You said it's been like four years now, right? Yeah, it's four years now. Well, we all know it's our kids pushing us to do these things. I mean, I honestly, I was never a public speaker. I was a dental hygienist. I, you know, I led a very quiet life, you know, and now um, I'm out there, you know, and it, it was interesting because I contacted a local newspaper who um, they sent a reporter to the house and they did a story. And here I am in a brand new community. I'm in a community in uh, off Island Hilton Head. No one knows me. And the front page of the local paper comes out and let me see the article is finding hope in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, okay, I've been outed. You know, there's no being quiet about this, but it was a wonderful article and it brought people to the meeting. I mean, who wouldn't want to think that they couldn't connect with their children and realize that they will continue to have a relationship with them just because they no longer walk this earth doesn't mean we aren't parents and it doesn't mean we don't have relationships with our children. Maybe not the ones that we want to have. I'd much rather have her right here with me, but I can't. And there's nothing I can do about that. And there's nothing I can do to bring her back to walk this earth. So what can I do? Right, right. And you have hope that you'll see her again. So she'll walk this earth, but you you will see her again. And Carly has been an excellent communicator from what I understand, giving you all kinds of signs and synchronicities and symbols. You know, I I don't want to feel like, I don't want other people to feel badly if they don't receive signs. Mm -hmm. I didn't for probably about a year and a half. I was too deep in my grief. Mm -hmm. There was no way I could connect or uh, it just didn't happen. But when it started happening, Oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's incredible. Um, I met Suzanne Giesman and that just, you know, blew my world open with um, signs and taking some of her classes because as we all know, we can do this ourselves. I mean, I I can't do it like, you know, like a a true medium can, but I do get signs and I can connect with her. I mean, recently um, two of her college roommates and good friends came to stay with Tony and I, and I was a little, you know, I was a little sad that they were going to come because it's, it's just a reminder of her absence and you know, the girls and her friends are so wonderful and they wanted to come. So they were here and we took them out to a local restaurant and I was sitting there waiting to get served. And I'm thinking, Oh, I wish Carly was here. And the girls were sitting and we're chatting and a waitress, little young girl walks over and she says, Good evening. I'm so happy to meet you. My name is Carly. I'm, I'm your server tonight. <laughs> and one of the girls looked at her and said, of course your name is Carly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that just makes you feel like, okay. yeah. She one thing, I want to say something about signs, you know, cause you mentioned that and I, and I, I understand what you're saying. And I've heard some people, people say, I don't get signs. Um, I think a large part of getting signs is being open to, to seeing the mm-hmm. signs because a lot of times we'll say something like it's a coincidence or we'll just overlook it. Like the fact that the waitress's name was Carly. That's not an obvious thing. It's something that you have to be aware of. And right. a lot of times people will dismiss the signs you're getting or the synchronicities as just coincidences. And, oh, for sure. And the for other sure. thing I found is people 
fixate on one thing. Like a lot of parents want a dream visit. It's like, I, I want a dream visit. I want a dream visit. And sometimes our kids come to us in different ways. So um, there's, a, there's a couple things when it, when it comes to receiving signs. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll, I'll just speak again, is like I know Suzanne Giesman's uh, mother died just or passed away about a year ago. And she's hardly had any communications with her. She's yeah. one of the best mediums in the world. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Suzanne, I want to. How did you? How did you meet Suzanne? Because I know you guys have become like great friends. Yeah. Um, a, another internet search. Um, I knew of a local medium, um, Janet Nahavik, mm-hmm. who um, fabulous, fabulous medium. Um, and I googled. I was googling her name, and Suzanne Giesman's name came up because. Suzanne wrote um, Janet's auto, uh, wrote a book about Janet and her journey, and also because she had uh, trained with her, worked with her, so she got hooked onto you know the Google search. So I started reading about Suzanne, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I have to have a reading with her," you know. And I wrote a letter, and um, there was a waiting list at the time, but you know Suzanne called me, and um, I had an amazing, an amazing reading. George Anderson had autographed um, his book, Walking in the Garden of Souls, which I've always called it my Bible. It's a beautiful book of great stories of validations from the other side. And when he um, um, autographed the book for me on the left side, he wrote about Carly and the afterlife. And on the right side, he wrote the Lord's Prayer in Latin. He's a Catholic. um, And I set my intention for the reading that um, if Carly, please, Carly, have this book mentioned in the reading, which I know now you're really not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, sh- we shouldn't put those conditions on, on, a, on a medium. And Suzanne said, you know, I'm seeing you with a Bible, but it's not a Bible. It's a book. Wait a minute. She said, it's an autograph book, but I autograph and this book is autographed on the left as well as the right. So it was just like, oh, oh wow. You know, yeah. it, was, it was amazing. And um, we just, you know, we've become friends and um, just fortunate to have her in my life. She's incredible. It's, it's just amazing to be around her. You know, I found um, Jake Samoyedny also. Jake is your friend as well mm-hmm. um, in internet search. And we've become friends. We were building the house in South Carolina, living in a rental house. My dad was with us. I had a reading with Jake and he had, um, I guess we spoke after and he said he was driving to Florida to go visit his mom. And I said, well, come stay with me. And so that night at dinner, I told my husband and my dad that a stranger, someone that connects yeah. with people on the other side is going to come stay with us. And uh, it turned out Tony was on the fence. And when he, when Jake stayed with us that weekend, he asked to speak to Tony and he connected Tony with Gail, his wife in the spirit world. And he came down the steps after the reading crying. And he said, I'm a believer. I'm in. Yeah. So, you know, and The way all these things happen, we talk about some, you know, we, we know some of the, a lot of the same people, but the way that we met is we've all met. is just, it seems to be preordained. I mean, I don't, I don't see how oh. you could say it's, it's coincidental. There uh, is no you know, question about My it. wife, Tuana read Suzanne's book and said, if she ever comes anywhere close, I want to go, you know, see Suzanne. Well, she was doing a, an event in Florida. We live in Ohio. It's not close. So she said, she's doing an event in Florida. I want to go to this event. But it happened. We had met Mark Pittstick and she was doing it with Mark. And we came to that event. And that's where, that's we, where I met you. That's where yeah. I met you. Yeah. And, you know, just so all these things are just, it's, it's crazy how interconnected. <sighs> it is. And, 
you said, I think our kids are, are orchestrating it. Oh, there's no question. And um, Suzanne, you know, after Beth helped me so much, I said, I want to be able to someday do that for other parents. Right. And um, Suzanne had done a reading for both uh, Tracy Susie, you know, your good friend, my good friend, um, online helping parents heal. And she asked me to call Tracy. And it was very soon after Eamon passed and Tracy was in a very bad way, just like I was. And yeah. we talked almost daily for a long period of time. And then um, Suzanne called me and asked me to call Beth West also, a, another online leader for the Facebook Helping Parents Heal group. And yeah. when I spoke to Beth, Beth was very quiet. And she talked a little bit about Tyler, not a whole lot. And she said to me, would you tell me your story? I don't, I don't really know. And I said, well, my daughter Carly passed. And she gasped. And I said, Beth, what is it? She said, I had a dream visit from Tyler two weeks ago. And he was driving with a beautiful young woman with long blonde hair. She was driving a blue convertible. Mm-hmm. And she said, I asked Tyler, who are you with? And he said, this is my friend Carly. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and I had a blue convertible and Carly loved that car. She drove it all the time. And uh, when she was in college, she wanted to take her, my, my car to school. She thought it would be great to pick up guys in a blue convertible. You know, yeah. what did I need a convertible for? So, but that's how I met Beth. I mean, that is just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I want to say, Irene, we were talking beforehand, you know, I want, to, I want people to understand. I think sometimes I hear these stories and they think like we're special people or, or this, this stuff only happens to certain people. But um, I, I have talked to, and you have too, to so many people now, so many parents, and we all have these stories of these, of these, these events. And the other thing is um, I have a relative whose son uh, passed away exactly a year ago today. And she was saying that, you know, she doesn't feel strong and people are like, you know, praying for strength for her. And the strength is already within us. I, you know, I think we, people look at someone like yourself and say, well, Irene must be an extraordinary. <laughs> There's Linus. <laughs> and, and of course you are, but we all are. We, we all have that strength that we just need to figure out how to tap into. Um, and sometimes we need someone to kind of just help us when we are feeling weak. Yeah, and you know, Brian, I also, I did a lot of work. I was under psychiatric. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. Well, not psychiatric care. I saw a psychiatrist for a full year after Carly passed. Um, Your uh, voice just dropped a little bit. Oh, sorry. Is that better? Um, Yeah, your microphone must have moved. Let's try it again. Uh, it's just a little low. Um, 
I'm not sure what happened. Huh. I don't know. Let me check. Let me pause the recording. Sure. All right, so we're, we're back. So um, you said you were under psychiatric care for, you said about a year? Uh, yeah, I honestly, the insomnia had gotten so bad that I went, it was a full seven, eight or nine days, I don't remember, where I did not sleep. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, my physician said, you, you, you need to do something. You know, I'll refer you to a psychiatrist who could prescribe meds. And, um, you know, I think it would be a good idea for you if you spoke to someone. And I actually spoke to a wonderful woman who was um, a grief psychiatrist affiliated with Columbia University. And she helped me tremendously. We did a lot of work. Um, and I also flew out to Gig Harbor, Washington. In fact, it's going to be in the newsletter. Rochelle Wright has a protocol called um, Repair and Reattachment Therapy, where you combine um, EMDR with trauma work. And I think trauma is so over, under looked at in grief. I think all of us that have watched our children pass have suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder of some form. Yeah. um, She helped me tremendously. I mean, I was caught in a loop where I just would relive those horrible moments and um, I would hear an ambulance and it would send me, uh, you know, just down the rabbit hole. Um, I had a healing session with uh, Rick Olson. Um, Suzanne did actually did a healing with me as well. So a lot of what I did, I really worked to get to a place where I feel that I found my strength. You know, yeah. it wasn't just didn't just happen. I, I really worked on it. And healing, I feel, also happens when you do connect to other people and you hear their story. And you just, um, you know, I, I feel so connected, Brian. I've never felt this way before. I mean, I, I felt like I led a very quiet life, um, loved my family. But now I feel like I'm plugged in. You know, I am, I am just plugged into the universe and so open to everything and helping parents heal the people that I've met. I mean, it's just amazing. It really is. And I feel like I'm not leading a life of service, but I spend a good portion of my day trying to help other people. I probably talk you, to I know you, Irene. You are leading a life of service. <laughs> I know how hard you work. Um, yeah. I, you know, I talk to parents probably four or five people a week and, you know, I'll connect them to other people. And the Caring Listeners has taken up a big piece of, um, you know, that I don't have to spend as much time and Elizabeth doesn't have to spend mm-hmm. much time. And Tracy spends a tremendous amount of time also just letting people know that we've been there. You know, if we can do it, you can do it. It's not going to be easy. It's the worst possible thing. But then again, it is the worst possible thing. So, you know, you lose your fear of death. Yeah. I, not me. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope, and I think I've, I've learned now from all my reading that we're pulled out of our bodies. If we're in a situation that's a horrific death, if we want to call it, so we're not there. So I don't fear that anymore. You know, I just, I, I look forward to it, but I'm happy to continue to live my life. Yeah. Uh, but I don't fear the day when I close my eyes and open them on the other side. Yeah. Let's talk about the care listeners for a second, because people might not know what you're referencing. Um, Helping Parents Heal has, in fact, I believe you're one of the caring listeners. I am. A group of parents who you can reach out to and just 
tell them, you know, talk to them. And it's a group of parents that have gone through exactly what you have gone through. And we're kind of on the other side of the worst of it, maybe. And we can just, you know, try to help. And yeah. I think it's, it's a tremendous asset, asset for helping parents heal. I don't know how many people do contact you, but I think, I think it's a very active group. It is a very active group. Uh, interestingly enough, not a lot of people contact me. I think maybe because I'm a male and um, a lot of the fathers, unfortunately, that go through this kind of shut down and, and don't really participate. So we're working on things with Helping Parents Heal. We have a group called Helping Fathers Heal now that Mike Edwards is leaving. That's, that's fairly active, but still, you know, very small. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, going back to what you said earlier about you getting help, there's there's normal grief and then there's complicated grief. And so I think for, for most people and most grief, we kind of get through it on our own. A grandparent dies, something like that. When a child dies, I would say the majority of the time you're in what's called complicated grief. Okay. It's something that's out of order. As you said, there's going to be some level of trauma, no matter how they pass, whether it's from an illness like Carly or like with Shana, where we literally found her, you know, one day and she was healthy one day. And then the next day we found her, you know, not responsive. So there is going to be some level of trauma. So I want to say to people, if you do need professional help, you know, definitely get professional help and uh, helping parents still can refer people. But sometimes what people need is just to talk to someone who understands. Um, I went to a grief counselor right after Shana passed and I went three times. And I, you know, I had already had a belief in the afterlife because I had a big fear of death before Shana passed. So I'd done a lot of studying. So when I sat down with him, I was, I was just basically telling him what I believed the whole time. And <laughs> after the third time, he said, I don't think you need to come back. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I, if I need to see you again. But <laughs> helping parents heal was so much more healing for me, talking to people like yourself and like Elizabeth and people who had, who had been through it were further along than we were. Um, it really helped a lot. I mean, that, that's what really helped me. And then as you said, giving back is, you know, people say, Oh, you, you know, it's, it's so nice that you're doing this. I do it to help myself. You know, it's frankly, it's, it's a selfish thing. Well, yeah, it does. It does help ourselves when we do this. No question. You know, and I had in the course of seven years, I had gone through a horrible divorce. Now I don't, maybe there isn't a good divorce. I don't know. My mom passed, Carly passed and my dad passed, mm. you know, so it was just, it, it was a lot all at once. And um, I'm not afraid to, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say I needed that professional help and, and people should reach out if they need that. But, you know, within help, with Helping Parents Heal and the Facebook group, you can 24 hours a day find someone who's active on the Facebook site. I mean, if I have a sleepless night, I'll pop right on and join a conversation. Or I have, a, you know, Ty's part of our soul sister group. There's eight of us that text morning, noon, and night, and we're in different time zones, so there's always someone awake. Yeah. And again, it's that connection to someone else, knowing that you can reach out. I'll have people reach out by text. You know, I just, having such a bad day, are you free to speak? And you just talk to somebody for a few minutes, and it just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, let's talk about the Soul Sister Group. This is an informal group that came out of the conference in 2018? Um, yes. In it seems like it's been longer. I, it does. It does feel like it's. Yeah. It's so we, we we met at, we met up at the conference. We knew each other from before, but uh, eight of you started this group text that's been going since then. So it's been almost a year and a half now, I guess. Yeah. And as you said, it's pretty much twenty four seven because my wife's phone is just constantly going off. 
<laughs> yeah, I have to shut my phone off now in the car because Tony and I can't figure out how to not have the text come through and we're driving. It's just pinging all the time. Um, uh, Sue, Heidi, and myself are in South Carolina. Uh, your wife in Ohio, Sarah in Ohio, Tracy in Colorado. Oh, Beth West is now in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. and um, Beth D'Angelo in Hawaii. And we just support each other. You know, we, somebody's having a bad day, we'll all jump in and just try to cheer them up. Um, we share signs. And when Ty gets a sign from Shana, that's as if I'm getting a sign. Yeah. You know, none of us feel like, oh, I wish it was me. It's like, oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Um, and we just help each other. We remember birthdays and angel days and our own birthdays and um, just moments, you know, we'll just check in where we all have different political beliefs. So we, we try to uh, avoid politics, but sometimes we can't help ourselves. And yeah. you know, it's, uh, I encourage anyone who's, <laughs> who has a group of friends to get involved in a group text. It's, it's uh, very helpful. It's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Irene, because um, what I found is that after people, after the loss of a child, um, a lot of times neighbors, friends, even family members will get weird. You know, they'll, they'll kind of go away. You, I think most people end up losing at least one or two or more. Um, but if you look, you can actually make new family. And as you said, you know, we've got people that uh, we consider family, you know, from Helping Parents Heal that we've known for, you know, just a couple of years. It seems like so much longer. It seems like we've known each other forever. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's new family. Yeah, I mean, I tell everyone, I, the, the moment, the finding moment for moving I was in a grocery store and I was very active in the town where Carly grew up and um, I ran golf outing and in, I just knew everyone. It was a small town and I was in a grocery store and it was about six months, I guess, after she passed, maybe it was longer. And it was closer because we moved about a year. So it must've been about nine months. And I saw someone in the grocery store and she made eye contact with me, turned around and just headed away. You know, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I went home. I said, that's it. I can't deal with these people anymore. I'm dealing with the worst possible thing and they don't know how to deal with it. So they walk away. Yeah. I mean, I have cousins. I I'm so sad still about this that I thought I was close to, never acknowledged Carly's passing, didn't come to her memorial service. And I still haven't heard from them to this day. It's like people don't know what to say. So they think by saying nothing, it's better. Or is it, it's not real to them if they don't say anything. Yeah. If you don't know what to say, say, I don't know what to say. Yeah, exactly. That's, I don't know what to say is always acceptable. Yes, that's, that's acceptable. I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. You know, and there are those wonderful friends, but my friendships have changed. I mean, thank goodness my family's been very supportive and that's just wonderful. But friends, oh my gosh, I have friendships now. I know in a moment's notice, I could call any one of dozens of people and they would be there for me and I would be the same for them. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when this, when this happens, I mean, some people, it's different things. Some people don't know what to say, so they don't say anything as you said. Some people don't want to be reminded, you know, it makes them sad. They say, I don't want to make you sad, which is always really interesting. Like we're not always thinking about our kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there are people that seem to think it's like contagious. You know, it's like, you know, if I'm, they don't, they don't want to believe that a, that a child can pass. And if, if a child did pass, you must've done something wrong 
or, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want to be around that person because they're bad luck. I mean, I, don't, I'm, I can't really describe it, but. Um, no, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, you know, when I say, say their name, there's nothing we want more than for you to include our child in conversation. You know, and I've got one very dear friend who never met Carly and she has four adult children and she'll talk about her kids and say, well, how did Carly react when she was in college? She'll always bring Carly into the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just wonderful. That's what we want. You know, people think we don't want to hear their names. No, say their name, say their name, bring them into conversations. We love talking about our kids. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about the, the conference uh, that you're working on. Um, I know, so you, you actually initiated this whole Helping Parents Heal Conference thing. So let's, let's go back to that. And how did that come sure. about? This was fun. Um, I started the group and that was in 2015. And I guess um, during that year, Beth uh, D'Angelo and I went to a couple of different afterlife conferences and we went to an IONS conference. And I just love the feeling of connection, of camaraderie. And we happened to meet other parents who were doing the same thing we were. Let's, we want to connect with our kids. And when you're in that setting, it's just I thought it was magic and I just loved it. And I said to Beth, you know, someday we're going to do a Helping Parents Heal conference. And she said, oh, good luck with that. So I called Elizabeth and I said, Elizabeth, why hasn't anyone done a conference? And she said, Irene, do you understand how much work there is to a conference and how hard it is? I said, how hard could that be? Mm -hmm. So I said, well, would you let me do it? And she said, well, I guess so. So I thought, okay, well, I've been to conferences, so... How difficult could it be? And it really wasn't, Brian. I mean, again, I think the kids just, you know, guided and helped me. And the first conference was a tremendous success. Anyone that's been there, I mean, it was, it was just magic. It was a weekend of magic and signs from our kids and um, joy. And I, you know, there were some tears, but it was a joyful event. Don't you, don't you think? Oh, it was crazy. You know, it's funny because we said signs for our kids. I rem remember your sister was there mm -hmm. and Judy got a sign. The coin in her, in her purse. Oh. Um, she had, a, she had a, a purse that she said she hardly ever carried. And she found this old, I can't remember what it was. It was, this, it was a coin that she, she found in the purse that was like, had significance to her. And, you know, it was, it was like she had an app port. It was just, you know, so... You know, the thing about this, because we've got the conference coming up again in April of 2020, and we will talk about that. But, you know, people might think, okay, a conference with a bunch of people who have lost their children, what would that be like? Um, so I do want to say, because, you know, I, I want to say that, you know, when, when Ty and I went to that conference, we didn't know what it was going to be like, even though we knew you guys, so we were looking forward to meeting uh, you again and, and Tracy and Beth and some other people. But um, the, the spirit, the, 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 uh, whole atmosphere of the whole conference that weekend was really uplifting. And I think it was people being around people that we could be authentic with people who had been through what we had been through. Uh, you know, I remember sitting around the fire that one night we were talking about the fact that, you know, we could talk about the fact that what we think we were here, put here for a reason mm -hmm. and we're doing our thing and our kids are watching us and our kids are helping us. And we're all going to be on the other side someday and we're going to be talking about, you know, how well we did. So it was, just, it was a sense of, for me, like renewal, like coming out of there, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go out and, you know, face the world again. So that was in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, what, 550 people 
Um, no, we actually had um, 450 register, I believe. Then we had some day passes. Okay. And then we had um, the speakers. What limited us at the conference was that we had a dinner and they could only banquet so many people. Yeah. So waiting list. It sold and, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we sold out. We sold out. I think four or five months before, yeah. you know, I didn't worry about the financial obligation. The hotel was wonderful. Um, we had a first time person who was in charge of an event and she let us, we only had to sign a contract for 50 people. And then she let us keep signing in increments. So we didn't have a financial, we didn't have a budget. We don't have any money to help the parents heal. We're a nonprofit. There was yeah. nothing. Yeah. So it just worked out perfectly. And story after story of parents, just signs from their kids. Um, you know, we had the beautiful video of all of our children set to music. And um, I helped arrange parents, uh, some moms that shared rooms. So the expense was less. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these two women came to me and they had shared a room they had never met before. They met at the conference. And on the last day, they sat down to watch the video, which is, was of, 400 children, I think, were mm -hmm. in the video. And their two boys were right next to each other in the video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was just story after story like that. But it's not just about, you know, the afterlife and, and mediumship. It's healing. You know, yeah. we had workshops on healing and on trauma and on uh, just amazing, uh, uh, so many amazing workshops. And the next conference, I, I don't know how we're going to fit all the speakers into the time slots. We have so many people and so many big names that want to get involved and have heard about the conference and came to me and said, Hey, we want to be a part of it. We heard about that conference. Yeah. So um, it's, we've already have, I think we're already at about 450 or 460 um, people registered and we're going to have to unfortunately cut it off. I think at 600 just because of the size of the hotel. Okay. So that's April. What are the dates again? April 16 to 19, 2020 in Charleston. I had something to do with, I said, all right, I live in South Carolina. Let's, let's give a shout out to the East coast yeah. um, and have it there, which Charleston is a beautiful city. And a lot of people are combining vacation with the conference. Um, we are going to announce that in two years, we'll go back to Arizona. Okay. Uh, well, let's back. talk about some of the speakers that are going to be there. So we have Suzanne Giesman will be our opening keynote speaker. Um, Suzanne Wilson will be speaking. Raymond Moody, you know, the father of uh, the NDE story, 1975, his book. I mean, I, I keep it on my desk all the time, Life After Life. Just, you know, everybody should have this book. Um, Dr. Evan Alexander uh, is going to speak, do a keynote. David Kessler, you know, David Kessler co-wrote Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's last two or three books with her. He's known as a grief expert. And when we spoke, he said everything he knew about grief and taught about grief for 25 years went out the door when his youngest son passed two years ago. Yeah. He is now a member of Helping Parents Heal, and he's going to come and he'll be giving a keynote. Uh, Dr. Mary Neal, her amazing story of her NDE, and um, she's also a Shining Light parent. Mark Anthony, Jamie Clark, Kat Bailey, Maureen Hancock, Melinda Kushner, Jake Semenyedney, um, Britta Grubin, Jeff Olson, Jeff O'Driscoll, uh, Healers, Rick Olson, David Rowder, Deborah Martin, Sarah Rubel, Paul Dennison's going to do um, a keynote about 
grief yoga. Um, we're going to have panels, a dad's, dad's only. Uh, we're going to have one on suicide, one on opioids. Um, Gloria and Heidi Horsley from the Open to Hope Network are going to be at the conference. Dr. Mark Pitstick. Um, I mean, I can just, it's just incredible. Yeah. The lineup. Uh, yeah. It's it's going to be really it's it's so great to be able to do this for people and do it at a very reasonable cost is the other thing because the speakers are so generous with donating their their time and so not only we got fantastic speakers but because of their donations we're able to keep the costs for parents you know very reasonable yes Um, you know we're not making money this is just to provide a place for healing to happen and we figured out what the costs are and put a little bit in there in case there's increased costs and um, you know, that's it. So it really is a great value for, and we're including three breakfasts and um, two lunches, which, you know, is, is amazing. And there are no add on workshops that you have to pay for. You register, you're in for everything. Yeah. So I want to encourage anyone who's listening, who's on the fence about going out. I talked to a few parents and said, you know, should I think about going or not? Um, and I know it might seem like it's a long way out because it's still, what, about eight months out. Um, yeah. But it's going to sell out. So oh, yeah. We've sold out the hotel. We have a new block at a hotel, which is only four-tenths of a mile away. Mm-hmm. And they'll shuttle people back and forth. But, um, yeah, we're going to have that whole, that entire hotel is just going to be filled with Shining Light parents so. and, and kids. Yeah. Our children's spirits will be there. Um, Anybody has any connection with um, someone who could, uh, in the music industry, that might have a song? I'm working on that now. As you know, I got Garth Brooks to um, do a little intro for us at the last. Yeah, that um, was very cool. Yeah. Which was really cool. And that, and that was a cool story, too. Um, I don't know if we have a couple of minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. I had set my intention that I really wanted Garth Brooks to sing the mm-hmm. dance. You know, it's just a beautiful song. And it, so many parents, it's special, too. So I started writing letters, you know, and I, I have been writing letters to anyone in any, just going on Google search again to try to find to get to him and nothing. And finally it was, um, I guess it was September and the conference was April. And I said, okay, you got to give it up. You know, some things just don't work out. It's okay. Something else will come along. And the next, like a couple days later, our niece, Tony's niece in Colorado called me up and she said, and Irene, you're not going to believe this. Um, I'm going to a wedding in Nashville in January. I said, oh, that's great, Ariana. She said, guess whose house the wedding is at? I said, whose house? Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. And I was like, what? I said, I have been writing to Garth Brooks and I can't get him. She said, oh, well, I'll give you his manager's email address. And that's all she did. She gave me the email address. Mm-hmm. I wrote this letter to Garth Brooks. And about a month later, I click on, you know, go my email and there's an email from Garth Brooks and he wrote the, um, the welcome to our conference and allowed us to play his song, the dance. And we played the slideshow. So yeah. it's for, all right. There, that, so, that's yeah. how things work out. You that's know? how it, they work out. They just work out that way. So it's not working out quite the same. So if anyone out there has a connection to someone, I'd love to get Eric Clapton to do tears. Oh yeah. For us, but um, we'll see. If yeah. we don't, you know, something else will come along. Yeah, it, it, it'll be great either way. Um, you, you did a fantastic job with the first conference. I'm sure you'll do, you're doing, I, I know you're doing a great job with this one as well. So again, I want to encourage people to, um, if, you're, if you're on the fence about going, don't be on the fence. It's, it's definitely worth your while. And 
I know that weekend uh, for a lot of people really gave them the, the boost that they needed, you know, just being around other parents and seeing, um, having hope, you know, just being able to, to hope again and be able to live it, you know, to, to be inspired by people, you know, like yourself, you know, that's just seen just as a force of nature. I mean, just, you know, and as you said, you know, this is not, you're not a public speaker. You're, this is not your, your professional background. This is just what you're doing because spirit is flowing through you and you're just allowing it to happen. Yeah, we, we did a survey after um, and one, one mom had contacted me and she said, we went back home and our friend said to us, did you join a cult or did you go to a conference? You know, you're so happy. What is this about? And she just said it was just connecting with other people who get it. And that's, you know, that's what it is. Nobody wants to be a part of our group. But if you are a part of, if you do have a child on the other side, you know, there's just a, an amazing, an amazing organization that you can be a part of. Um, I am just so blessed to be a part of Helping Parents Heal. And, you know, I just, I'm so grateful. You know, I wake up every day and um, I, I say this all the time. I put my feet on the ground in the morning and I say, what can I do today to honor my daughter? And what can I do today to make a difference in someone else's life? And that's how I try to live my life. Yeah. Well, I, you're, I know Carly pushes you the way Shana pushes me. Uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't let up. And we, we have these readings, they drop in on each other's readings. They, um, you know, they, they, Suzanne Wilson keeps pulling me aside and said, Shana has told me to tell you, you know, this and, you know, keep going forward and write your book and, you know, those types of things. So, um, you know, they, they, they motivate us. They, they push us. And, you know, I feel like, and I know you do too, that I have responsibility to continue her legacy. I think we, you know, we have a joint mission is the way I look at it. Oh, um, we, do. we do. And, you know, my daughter, I, Carly and I had the best relationship. We really did. And if she didn't get my attention to call me Irene, she wouldn't call me mom. Mm. Um, I often say that, you know, when I cross over, I don't want her yelling at me from you know the tunnel or whatever saying why did you waste all your time crying i was fine i was right there yeah exactly i don't i don't want to do that i mean i have sad days of course i do i miss her terribly you know i miss her every day but i can do this you know i can live my life and i can try and make a difference in someone else's life and that's what it's all about it's all about love it's all about connection you know, it's not about, you know, what we amass or, or what we do or how much money we have. It's, it's how much love do we have in our lives. Well, I really appreciate um, you doing this, Irene, and I appreciate your transparency also because uh, I do want people to understand that we do have bad days, you know. So people might look at us and say, oh, you're so strong. And it's like, you know, we, we have bad days. We have tough times, and, and we've gone through tough times, and we'll, we'll continue to go through them. But um, it's a matter of just getting through, you know, day by day. And, you know, finding that motivation to, like you said, get out of bed in the morning. What am I going to do today to make a difference? Um, and I'm here for at least one more day. And we don't know how long we're going to be here, but we do know that we're going to be home, you know, at some point. Yes. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I really appreciate you doing this. It's been, it's been great talking to you. Um, it's an honor. It's an honor being on your program. Your book is just wonderful. I told you it's just... It's just amazing. I'm going to be giving copies out to my members. I think it's, uh, I wish I had that book, you know, six and a half years ago. 
So Thanks. Well, a lot of you know, it's it's just, it's really great being on the team. Like I said, I, I we I view you guys as family, um, but we're also a team. You know, yeah. so we we work together to get get things done, and you know, mutual supporting each other while we're trying to help other people. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. All right. Thanks, Lottery. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of Grief to Growth. This is your host, Brian Smith. I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to reach out to me anytime at www.grieftogrowth.com. That's www.grief2growth.com. And you may know I am a life coach and grief partner. So if you'd like to schedule a free half-hour consultation and see how we might work together, you can do that on my website at grieftogrowth.com. Thanks a lot and have a wonderful day. Hey there, if you like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.